Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. Welcome back to the Taj Boy Podcast. You know, 2020 is already off to a great start. We're going to continue to keep building this positive momentum. And one thing to ensure that I will do that is I wanted to pick a word. My word for 2020 is big. We're going to go big. We're going to go bigger in every facet of my life. And I'll advise you to go ahead and pick a word yourself. And that way you hold yourself accountable. But for this podcast, I'm excited to bring on this next guest. Now, this guy... Is no stranger to adversity. He's no stranger to success. And he went from playing quarterback at Louisiana State University to now being a coach over at Colorado State. So to watch him and know him and, and see his transition, man, has been pretty special altogether. And now you get a chance to hear his journey as well. But you know, my guess is no other than Jordan Jefferson. He was in high school, 21-0 and 0 as a starter, offensive player of the year in the state of Louisiana. Went on his freshman year at LSU, and he won the MVP of the bowl game without starting uh, a majority of that season. And then he went on his sophomore year. Unheralded starter, opened up LSU. First time that LSU has had a true starter as a sophomore in 64 years. And that's no small feat. And since we're going to go big, that's why I wanted to bring him to the podcast. You see how this thing is coming back full circle. So I hope you guys enjoy what Jordan has to talk about. I thought we had great dialogue. And uh, hopefully you get a chance to take some back with you. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button on the podcast. Make sure you rate it as well. And uh, let's go big in 2020. Here we go. All right, folks, I am joined by a very special guest. You know, we got this LSU Clemson game uh, getting ready to ensue. It's right in front of us, folks, and I'm excited for that. So, you know, it's an honor to have on Jordan Jefferson. Um, you know, one of the most heralded LSU quarterbacks in the history uh, of that university. Uh, really just an a all-star player altogether. He was a high school state champ, record 21-0, and 0, offensive player of the year throughout the state of Louisiana. You know, he was the youngest LSU starter to start off a season opener in 64 years. 64 years. It's a long time for somebody to be waiting in the wings over there. So I'm joined by Jordan Jefferson. Folks, welcome. Jordan, thanks for coming on to the podcast, my man. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you inviting me, man. I'm tuned in to the TV10 podcast, baby. I'm here, and I'm glad <laughs> to be here, man. For sure, for sure. So from Louisiana to Mountain Man, congratulations. I know you just got that opportunity over at Colorado State. I'm I'm, amped, I'm fired up for you. You know, you've been playing ball your whole life, man, and to get on that side of it. How excited are you? I'm excited, man, because first and foremost, uh, the most important thing is to share knowledge. And at one point in time, I was a young player uh, playing Little League football, middle school, high school. And throughout those courses, I had young I had men that were in positions to teach me certain lessons through life. And it's only a service for me to go back and do the same for the young men that need players like us to share that information in order for them to have the proper life skills, the proper um, uh, decision making, um, even on the performance level, uh, we've all as 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 D one former athletes, we've all been in certain positions to where um, we can go back uh, ten years into our history and share those same stories that are current in the recruiting cycle in certain phases right. throughout the game. Um, how you're supposed to train during the summertime and get prepared uh, for a season. So uh, it's definitely a great service and an honor to be back into the industry, to be back into the game. And uh, I'm definitely happy uh, to be a part of a university like Colorado State and just the NCAA period because it's needed for uh, for a lot of former players to give back. And I tell you what, man, the game of football is so deeply rooted. Um, you know, the amount of relationships, the connections, uh, the friends that you have throughout the course of this game and you know, just the, the way that people intersect, I think is the most special thing. And, you know, I, I get a chance to go back fairly often to uh, the university and spend some time with that with those guys. But, you know, to, to do it on the level where you're around them every day and you get a chance to see them grow, I think that's what I'm most excited for you uh, because you'll see a guy coming as a freshman and you'll see his maturation level from 
year one to year two, from year two to year three, and you'll see this whole, you know, young kid that came in that leave as a man. And, um, you know, whenever you can take some of what you learn, uh, some of the wisdom that you attained over the years, some of the, the pitfalls that you've faced, some of the successes that you've had and really share that, I mean, it just goes so much beyond what we could imagine. And, you know, this is a, a game that keeps people connected to the day they die. And I don't think there's a lot of things in life that you can say that you're a part of that is as special as this Absolutely, game, man. man. I mean, football honestly helped me and you connect on a level that yeah. we're able to years later as grown men and, and move on to next phase and still maintain that friendship. So it's definitely a, a special sport to be a part of. And yes, it is a, a, a great experience to see a young man develop into what he can be potentially in his future. And when you're able to share those experiences that you've experienced as an individual, it only gives that young man the advantage on how he's supposed to approach all situations. So just being in a social social interaction cycle to see these guys interact and, and maintain a certain chemistry between player to player and also player to coach is a, a very important piece for the developmental phase of young athletes. And um, it's a great experience, man. I, I enjoy it. I have fun with it. Um, the, the players obviously respect me because of of what I've done on the field. And that speaks volumes to not only me, that speaks volumes to a lot of other a lot of the other players that did and made contributions to the university as well. I've obviously seen a lot of the uh, groundwork that you've done for Clemson and it and it means a lot to the athletes that are a part of what you once were a part of. You know, they they never forget yeah. history. The, the funny part is, um, you know, as I interact with some of these guys, they tend to notice, oh, coach, you played for LSU. And once you start to have those conversations, they respect you in a certain way to where you're able to share information with them that can change their life. And, and under any circumstance, if it's about being a man, if it's about being responsible, if it's about um, how to carry yourself, during your life after football. I mean, all of those conversations are very important that I have, and I'm quite sure you have those same connections with a lot of your uh, uh, fellow Clemson Tigers that's going through their successes that you've witnessed on the field, that you've experienced, that you went through those processes before. So um, us giving back, like I said once before, is, is, is definitely important. Yeah, and I mean – I've, I've talked about it fairly often with some of the guys that I played with. And, you know, we came to school here with the idea that we were just going to uh, try and graduate, go play in the league, and then just leave the university behind us. And it, it was so interesting. You know, the more we came in tune with the community itself, the more we realized how much of a, a piece this was going to be a part of, of, of our fabric, of our uh, whole being uh, for the rest of our lives. And, and I see it every day, man. I go to the grocery store, the gas station, and I run into people. And I realize how committed these people are to to their university, and it's it's special, man. And, and the quicker we can get these younger athletes to understand that, you know, the better off they are going forward too. Because you know, this is a community of people um, that support you, that 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 cry with you, that 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 celebrate with you. And sometimes we get into a position where we feel like we're just by ourselves and we're alone, and we're never that. You know, sometimes we we, we put ourselves in situations where we might go through some sort of adversity where we feel like we're on an island, uh, but there's always somebody else out there who's been in a similar situation yeah. to you. So I always just encourage the guys, man, to reach out, reach out to the guys that played, you know, reach out to people who you don't think is going to respond because nine times out of 10, if it does have merit, these people will respond back with you as well. So uh, it's um, special, man. And and with you, it's a little unique too, right? Because, you know, you're one of, uh, of three brothers that played at LSU and I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but, I want to understand the dynamic of of where you're from, uh, the part of Louisiana you're at, and what it took to succeed. Because with you being the eldest brother, I'm assuming you're oldest the, brother, you're the oldest right? brother, right? I said the oldest brother, so you had to lay the groundwork and, and the footwork for 
you know, your brothers to succeed as well. But what was it about your family that put you in to position uh, to, to be, be successful? honest with you, having a mother and a father, that was probably one of the most important yeah. uh, aspects of my development as a young man, my development as a ball player. My pops uh, was into basketball. He went to Slidell High School, um, graduated from there and played basketball at Nebraska. Um, he ended up transferring uh, to a school that they call now Northwestern, uh, right right around when my mother got pregnant at around 19 years old. So his life changed for him. And during his background, which at, during that era, it wasn't uh, too great for most people due to the economics and the depression yeah. that was going on during that era, he wanted something different for his kids. So uh, we moved, we were living into the inner city and then um, he ended up, you know, getting a, a pretty good job due to a lot of his sacrifices that he made uh, for his family. And we ended up moving to an area called uh, St. Rose, Louisiana. Um, and at St. Louis, Louisiana, um, there's a school there called Destrehan High School. It's a 5A school that uh, has about 4,500 students there. Uh, one of the most familiar names that went to that school was Ed Reed, a former, I mean, a uh, recent Harmer Hall of Famer. Yeah. So um, during that era when Ed Reed was in school, it was a lot of hype about Destrehan. So my parents wanted to provide uh, myself and my brothers the best opportunity to succeed as a ball player with my pops going to college, he understood those uh, those proper those proper lessons that need to be taught. So they have a, a, a great strength and conditioning program. They had uh, good facilities, you know, kind of good resources. And plus the park ball, the little league football was pretty good in that area. Um, I was highly into into foot. I mean, into football um, recreation. Uh, travel teams, yeah. uh, highly into basketball. I played a lot of for in a lot of basketball, AAU basketball in the inner city of New Orleans, uh, Nike teams. So as a young as a young kid, eight, nine, ten, twelve, I'm traveling. I'm going to Orlando and I'm playing against a team from Tennessee. I'm going to Texas and I'm playing against California. So the competition level that my parents kind of pushed me into sports kind of helped me once I got older. So that laid a ground that laid a groundwork and a foundation for my middle brother that went through the same process, played the AAU little little league, went to high school, dominated, go to LSU. For my younger brother, it was the same thing. But the advantages is since I was older, I was able to share the knowledge with my brother Ricky. Yeah. I was able to also share that same knowledge with my brother Justin, which we all have a four-year gap between my middle and I have an eight-year gap between Justin. So in regards to Justin, he had basically an advantage that most high school players, most middle school, most little league football players didn't have. He was able to witness LSU versus Alabama when he was eight, nine years old. He was able to be at the national championship in 2011 when we played Alabama as a middle school as a middle school kid. So the the ability to share knowledge, I think, uh, was the advantage for the for the most of us. I laid the groundwork, Ricky kind of set the tone and Justin finished it off the right way. Man, that was pretty special right there. Cause you never really I mean that's that's three for Absolutely. three, bro. And um, you know, that's not not the easiest task in the world. So I know your parents are proud, man. And you know obviously, you know, just walking out of there and graduating it, man, and taking it to the next level. I mean, what you guys have done for for your family, future family, for your generation to come, and you know, it's just it'd be something to be uh, admired for years on to come, man. So, congratulations on all well, of that I as well, that, man. It's just uh, the level of uh, providing the opportunity for others, uh, setting the tone, and allowing sure. somebody else to come behind and do it even better. Uh, you know that that it speaks volume. Uh, for a lot of us players that did it at a high level. I mean, for, for what yeah. you guys uh, did at Clemson, when you guys had Hop, D-Hop, and all of those great receivers that went there, and you guys set the tone to the point to where these guys today can walk out on that field with confidence. So it speaks volumes yeah. to a lot of us um, that set the tone for those guys. I mean, uh, your performances at Clemson were phenomenal. The numbers that you put up, 
uh, and Clemson were unbelievable to the point to where Trevor Lawrence can feel like I can do what TB did, but possibly better. Yeah. It creates such a competitive time. edge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I stepped on campus for the first time, I mean, I got a chance to spend some time with Woody Dancer. And um, you know, I referenced this point with him before, but he always said, look, that tiger paw and that helmet that you put on, it's going to mean everything to the people that play before you. And it's going to mean everything to the people that come after you. But, you know, again, with that being an African-American quarterback, you know, it's not always the easiest task as well. Now it's starting to get better. We're starting to see a transformation throughout the course of the NFL as well. But, you know, that wasn't always the case. Uh, so I remember taking my official visit to Tennessee and spending some time with Condridge Holloway and T. Martin and just the words of encouragement and the the, the mentorship uh, that they gave me and still still do to this day. I mean, it means everything. So, you know, the collaboration between people and shared experiences is what life is all about. And if we don't take anything, uh, if we don't give anything back from what we've done, from what we've experienced, then it's all a waste. You know, so, I mean, that's one of the bigger points that I continue to make uh, even now. So sometimes, man, I, I get invited to go speak somewhere. I may not always mm-hmm. want to, but all it takes is me to have a conversation to want, for one particular kid to pay attention to what I'm really, what I'm saying, what I'm really focusing on, and for him to change his whole culture for his family as well. So that's what it's really about. Absolutely. Man. So, it's, always, you know, it's, a, it's a responsibility. Absolutely. Sure. It's definitely a responsibility, man. And when you take pride in it, when you uh, wear that on your sleeve and you actually see the development in a young man, that's that's probably one of the most beautiful things that you can that you can do. Uh, that's that's kind of the uh, our service on this earth is to is to serve others. So uh, it's absolutely sure. a beautiful thing. And that quarterback position is something special, man. Just the the servant leader, the opportunity to lead from the front and. You know, some some it's interesting because you know we got a bunch of mid years coming in these days, right? These kids coming in December, January, and I'm sure you're going to experience the same thing. And you'll have some kids who were always and have been the alpha wherever they've been at. You know, whether it's Minnesota, right. state of Georgia, Washington State, wherever, and then they get entrenched into this other culture, right? This new university surrounded by new players who are all alphas where they've right. been too. And so you got dogs all over the place, and you got to figure out who's going to step up to the plate and who's not. And sometimes that's an overwhelming feeling. You know, I remember stepping out there uh, in my first seven on seven and throwing back to back interceptions to a guy named DeAndre McDaniel. And I was stressed. And I was like, man, can I even play at this level? You know, so that self doubt, the overcoming of it, that's part of the, the, the growth process as well. And that's that's what's special, especially for these young Absolutely. Kids the competitive in. edge, man, at, at that level um, yeah. is raised to a standard to where if you if you don't reach that standard, then you'll get left behind. I mean, at, at schools yeah. like Clemson and, and LSU and also other power fives, you can easily be out recruited by the next five star, yeah. by the next all American, by the next uh youth yeah. universe I mean uh under armor all American player. So it takes for you to really focus on the small aspects of your game in order for you to take it to a next level. And it's two types of players. It's players that's going to take ownership in that. And it's players that's going to try to find a way to walk around the hard work. And a lot of times people say that they work hard, but they don't work as hard as the next man that's sitting right next to them, watching every move that they're doing, studying film late at night, going to class and doing everything that they need to in order for the coach to feel comfortable with putting them on the field. It just takes for you to take your game to another level. And also it takes for you to adapt and adjust to adversity. Just like you said, I throw two picks and what do I do? I have to go back, look myself in the mirror, become very self-reflective and find ways to get better. That's what it takes. It takes for you to go back to the drawing board and work, grind and really and really take yourself to a higher level. And and at a school like Clemson, you guys, I'm quite sure, have built that culture to where it's winners all around me. I have to be, I have to yeah. be a winner. I have to succeed. I have to take my game to the next level. Why? Because the dude on the right, left, and behind me is bringing the noise. <laughs> so I gotta get my I gotta yeah. step my game up. Well, the sense of urgency is, is a little bit different for everybody, you know, depending on the circumstances that they were in. You know, we had a guy, Mackenzie Alexander, 
uh, and I'm, I'm sure you know that name, but he's a DB for the Minnesota Vikings. And he's from he's from a, a poor part of Florida. He's from Immokalee. And I remember him stepping on campus for the first time, and there were some guys that were started or dubbed to be the starters, and he had been there for, what, one or two weeks? And McKenzie gets out there in the first 707 and steps in front of the starter as if he's right. the guy. And so the vet's looking at me like, yo, like tell him to get out of the way. I'm like, no, that's your job. If you want him to take your job, then you let him sit in that role. If not, man, step up to the plate and, and lead, you know? And he just he had a different hunger. And some of these kids, again, like I don't know where a lot of these kids from. We, we end up getting a chance to know that throughout the course of their journey and, and through conversation and dialogue. But, you know, he would call me, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the morning, like, hey, and I'm, I'm thinking something's wrong. He's like, yo, can you come throw? I'm like, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. He's He's got cones and he's got ladders set up, and he wanted to get out of there as much as he could simply because it's not because he didn't want to be there, but because he wanted to change his environment, mm-hmm. his circumstance, and his family's life. And uh, he's been he's been able to do that, man. So, you know, just the amount of pressure that some of these kids go through, man, the, the, the mentality that they have, you know, it can – it can be why they can carry the weight of the world on their shoulders or it can be the same thing that, that knocks them down, man, and they can't get back up. So it is important for the leaders on all fronts to make sure that they're, they're rallying with these kids and getting a chance to know Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Uh, getting to know them and getting to know the background is probably one of the most important yeah. phases of coaching coach to player relationship. Uh, once you're able to understand uh, the background of a player, you can find a way to, Make, to get him to work harder. You can find a way to understand his purpose. Yeah. And we, we had the same type of uh, uh, situations at LSU as well. It's a lot of players that came from um, impoverished areas in yeah. New Orleans, South Florida, in some cases, Houston, Atlanta. I mean, there's, there's guys that's coming from middle to lower class, and they show up on campus with the immediate thought of, it's either I go to the NFL or it's over for me. And yeah. players like Patrick Peterson, it worked. Players like oh. Tyron Matthew, it worked. But those are special type of players that had a sure. God's gift without even having to pick up a finger. So yeah. when you do have a lot of that on your shoulders, depending on the player, depending on how much football and how much their their purpose really means to them, they'll run through a brick, a brick wall. The stuff that I've seen Tyron Matthew do his last year at LSU was unbelievable. But at the same time, I understood his family background. I knew where he came from. I knew his purpose. So it it was surprising to see the things that he was doing, but it was almost like I, ha- I had to do this. I had to form into yeah. who I am today in order for me to change my family history. So it's, de- it's definitely some amazing stories in college football, man. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, like you step in and, and despite like starting all your games your freshman year, you played in, in a good bit of them. But you go out there and you win uh, MVP at the Chick-fil-A Bowl. I mean, that's, you know, to have that resiliency, to have that 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 reserve, that that confidence. I'm just trying to figure out where that comes from, especially the true freshman, because, you know, sometimes you step on that field and it's like, Oh boy. And you know, you got to get your feet wet and you got to get comfortable, but it seemed like you started off right off the back knowing that you were the guy and you knew what you you were. Honestly, I think it's from the competitive level in New Orleans. It's it's good football down there. It's competitive football in the inner cities of New Orleans, even on the outskirts. I mean, it's a lot of guys that make it to the NFL out of New Orleans. A lot of guys that compete and, and, and make it to the college level in that area. So at a young age, I'm playing against I'm playing against Joe McKnight. I'm 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 seeing like DJ Augustine that 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 plays for Orlando Magic. I played against him in basketball when he went to Brother Martin High School. So it's just a competitive yeah. level to the point to where if I'm a step on this field and my last name is on the jersey on on that jersey, I have to represent for my city. And that was the most important yeah. thing. Uh, for me as a freshman, uh, you know, a lot of coaches throughout the recruiting process, people don't necessarily understand how coaches sell your pitch. So we all told, yeah, you're going to come in and play as a freshman. And, you know, I'm quite sure you heard that same story. So um, when I got there, obviously me playing as a freshman wasn't ideal on that level. 
But through the grace of God, week seven, week eight, a couple of quarterbacks get hurt, and I get my first opportunity versus Ole Miss in my first series. I throw a touchdown, and ever since then, I became the starter for the next four weeks that led on to me winning the MVP in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. So I think it was just a a moment to where this is my prime opportunity. I can honestly change my situation as a backup quarterback, as a freshman. And if I do it at a certain level as a freshman, I can only imagine what I would do as a sophomore, junior, or senior. So it was a moment for me to represent uh, for my family and also uh, for the city that I come from. That's awesome, man. And then going to your sophomore year again, the first, the youngest starter to don that LSU uniform at quarterback in 64 years, big task. And you out there and you handled that well as, uh, just as well. And, you know, there was a, there was a point in your career where you had faced some adversity and you ended up splitting mm-hmm. time. And, you know, obviously we'll get to the Alabama game here, that resurgence, that spark that you brought to that team. But to go from stepping up into a role, taking full control of it, doing the thing, winning MVP, starting off your sophomore season, then having to split time with somebody as you're getting later in your career. I mean, how did you handle that? That definitely was a learning curve for me as a young player. I didn't necessarily understand how to fully um, manage that situation. So it was so great for me to have um, such a great circle around me, you know, between my father, a couple of other coaches on the staff, and some of my teammates that was able to kind of assist me throughout that situation. But um, I had a pretty good sophomore year. We finished out, I believe, nine and four. And then going into my junior season, um, there was a lot of uh, talk about the high demand for us to win, or there was going to be some coaching changes. So um, I think I think it was probably week three. I had a had a pretty shaky game. I think I was probably eight for 23, couple of inaccurate balls, a few drop balls. We were kind of out of sync as an offense. And I believe at that point, um, you know, the coaches went into the coaching, uh, into the meeting room and I guess wanted to make a change. So Tennessee game comes along the next week. I first play of the game, I run an 89 yard touchdown with a quarterback power read, made a move on a safety, went 85, 86. And then the next play of the game, uh, I think we did a sprint out to the left. It was like a smash concept, a uh, hitch on the outside, corner route, man to man. To be honest with you, uh, it's a throw that I probably made 10 out of 10 in practice, but in the game, for some reason, you know how it is, things get a little funky. So I threw an inter- <laughs> interception, and then next thing you know, we started rotating quarterbacks. And at that point, it was a bit hard for me to understand, and it took all the way for us to get uh, to Arvin game when we played Cam Newton for, and once we lost, it kind of, that right there kind of set the tone as regards of me continuing to be the starter for the remainder of the season. We ended up going 11-2, and two, and everything was pretty set in stone. Uh, finishing off my junior year, even though I had some adversity. So I just had to fight through it, um, really be mentally strong, keep a good circle around me, stay focused on uh, what was the main goal, which was to be uh, successful as a team, finish the season strong, and also, uh, you know, own my my position, you know, as a starter uh, throughout my sophomore season and then, uh, throughout my junior season, I definitely didn't want to end that season being a backup. So it was a point for me to really prove not only to the world, but yeah. also to uh, people that were inside of the locker room that I'm the guy. And uh, I believe I did that yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout my junior season. Well, and we hear that that term snapping clear, right? You know, you hear it in the football verbiage and in that space, but heading into that off season, I mean, what was your – how did you find your balance? I mean, was there any particular key word? Was there people that was spending this conversation with you in this time with you to say, hey, you know, this is what you're going to be about and this is how you're going to get there? I mean, that's because, again, you know, to have to, to go from one extreme to the other, I mean, the off season is where things change at, not necessarily, you know, in season. You know, I explain that to kids all the time. Like, you know, I want to I want to go get a D1 offer. I'm like, yeah, but you don't do it in the next three seasons. You do it in the next yeah. three summers. You do it in the next three exactly. off. 
things. And, you know, like, so for you, what was that, what was that, that major push mentally where you was like, Hey, I, I got it. Let me get back to my grind. Let me get back to balance and, and get back to who I, I know. Uh, I absolutely. Be. It just took for me to uh, really be self-reflective because that's the most important thing uh, to really evaluate myself and see what areas that I was lacking and extremely like push myself to the to, to the point to where those those weaknesses become some of my best strengths. So um, if it's yeah. going a little bit harder in the weight room, if it's uh, challenging myself and adding more weight to my to my uh, to my weight program, if it's uh, maintaining a certain uh, body fat percentage or maintaining a certain weight, or if it's uh, studying more film. Uh, building a, a, a more of a relationship, uh, you know, uh, with my quarterback coach, showing up and kind of having personal conversations just to talk football, um, building chemistry with my receivers during the seven on sevens during the summertime, and also just doing some one on one, you know, work as well. Um, I mean, uh, what else? Did I, I went to uh, Peyton Manning Passing Academy uh, my junior senior yeah. season and. Uh, socialize with those guys, pick their brain a little bit, and kind of really understand what it takes to be a professional and what it would take to take a team like LSU to a national championship. So um, really uh, focusing on uh, improving as a player and also uh, being more mature uh, as a player just by learning through the lessons and the mistakes that I've made on the field to the point to where I'll be prepared whenever those situations uh, come in the near future. Yeah. And you, you got into, to, I guess the civilian space and went to work for a while. How do these same philosophies and principles that you learned in football relate back to business um, as you saw it? I think, it, I think it has a good connection to business because um, everything is all about working hard. Everything is about discipline. Uh, there's certain characteristics that you have in sports that does correlate to real life to the point to where the only thing that's different about it is the product, the, the, the services, you know, so the socialization, the, the, the chemistry, the interactions, the uh, challenges, the adversity, uh, you can you can experience that on both phases football and and business so i was able to take those life lessons from the summer workouts and apply that to working hard in the work field i was able to yeah. um, be in the work field and understand what it is like to maintain a relationship with my co-workers and a relationship with my manager to the point to where if anybody was to call them I could get recommended for another job and I can use those same lessons and apply that to coaching to my players and able to give them information that can help them in that area. So it's definitely connected. It's definitely intertwined together. And if you understand both sides and both phases of it, you'll be able to see yourself in a different dimension in in regards of where you want to go. Yeah. Well, and I, I heard, I heard, Burrow reference that Justin was a two-star mm-hmm. recruit and to see him propel to the level of player that he is right now I mean that can't come but the work you know but the the grit and the grind and, and the mental calluses mm-hmm. that you create throughout the course I'm sure he's heard like oh you're you're not good enough bro two-star bro you're not gonna never you're not gonna never mm-hmm. start at LSU but to see him now I mean, you can't help but to think a lot of that came from from you and your pops and, and, and Ricky and everybody else. Absolutely. You know? so, uh, when I you know, when I was uh, done playing football, um, one of them I was by Cam Cameron. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator at LSU at the time, and I was yeah. I just got finished with a rookie camp from the Saints, and he persuaded me to get into coaching and. I was trying to to get situated at LSU and I, I couldn't make it work at the time. Um, so I was influenced to call my high school coach. And at the time, uh, Justin was going as to, going into his junior season. So I got in, got in contact with him. He had a quarterback coach's position open 
And it was it was perfect for me because I was just able to go back home and coach at my high school. Um, so it was a it, I made it a purpose to really share as much information and knowledge that I gained throughout my my time as a player at LSU and also uh, after LSU through the different leagues and everything that I've learned and I'd applied that to my brother. So whenever I started coaching and, you know, I'm around him at practice, he was getting, he was getting a different type of teaching. Why? Because after practice, he rides with me home. When we get home, we watch the film together. Uh, As we watch a film, we're, taking notes and writing things down on the pad and we're actually talking football. You know, it, it, it's a different situation from another kid that may go home and play video games all night, but we're home talking football. We, we, we're talking coverages, talking blitz, talking formations, uh, concepts. All right. Critiquing, critiquing him on his game. I think you should have came out your route faster. You need to get your head around your fall stepping. Uh, um, and also, um, the summer times, the, the, the spring, the off season, uh, there's like a, I want to say probably a three to four acre lot on the side of my house. That's where we did a lot of ladder drills, cone drills. And I actually put him through works, like researching a lot of receiver drills online and then going out in the yard and doing it. And he was very open to becoming a better player. But what's crazy is, it's like going into – his junior season, he pro- he grew six inches in the summertime. So he went from like five seven to five eight to six three. That's when he started getting attention. But what's interesting about my brother's situation, he always had the talent. But when he was underdeveloped, his freshman sophomore year, and nobody really believed that he would have been a player. At that current time, you know, at a, at a big school like that, sometimes you don't really tend to the freshmen. So he didn't really understand what he was at that time. We knew because we saw his performances in Little League, uh, AAU basketball, right. and he always was the alpha male on those teams to the point to where when he matures and he actually reach, reaches that uh, teenage phase, you know, our brother is a late, a late bloomer just like I am just like I am. So when he made 16 and he's 6'3", now he's able to compete at a level. But his freshman year, he fell short on a few classes. So when schools came around his senior year, he had to experience, um, man, I'm not sure if you're going to get qualified because your GPA doesn't match yeah. with your, with your um, ACT score. So for him, that was a life lesson in regards of responsibility, in regards of uh, being in that situation and how much it could have affected his future. And through the grace of God, uh, Coach Ogeron saved him a scholarship going into August, uh, his his uh, alleged freshman year. He had to take uh, the ACT over the summertime made the proper score, and he ended up showing up on LSU's campus two weeks before fall camp. So he was a two-star only because of his grade issue, but with his grade issue being what it was through the grace of God, he ended up being able to go to LSU and become what he is today. So uh, shout out to Coach Ogeron for showing, showing Justin some love. Well, I want to talk about that too, the culture of LSU. You were there with Les Miles, um, and now we, we obviously know uh, what Ed O means to that university. But, you know, from when you were there, the time you stepped on campus to see where these guys are now, obviously with Joe Brady and the uptick of this offense, the modernization out of the Stone Age is huge. Uh, but what is it about this team that makes them special, man? Because they – they look different. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see this game between them and Clemson, partly because, you know, they look like just very similar on all fronts from the head coach's story to a degree to, you know, these quarterbacks and how, how, how talented they are to this receiving core when they step out there in that football field. But, I mean, it seems like they really care about each other. It seems like they love each other. And I want to know what that work looks like from the moment you step on campus to the day you get um, out it's, of there. It's definitely a high demand. Um just the culture of LSU is basically um, win championships or it's not a successful season. 
Um, they have a, a, a history of winning. They have a history of phenomenal players. And once you're in that cycle, you're in that system, it's only uh, right for you as a player to step up to that level. Um, I think Coach Ogeron is a player's type of coach. Um, he has a great relationship with the players on the field. He isn't like a strict type of coach. I mean, obviously he has discipline, but he's not strict when it comes to color of cleats and color of gloves. Yeah. He kind of allows his players to have fun on those levels, which allows players to play comfortable. And, um, I mean, their facilities are top-notch. Uh, they just spent uh, a, a couple of million dollars. Uh, and I actually visited recently. It, it creates a lot of social interaction to where, you know, team chemistry is very important. So you see a team that has a lot of chemistry, man. Those guys have great relationships with each other uh, between coaches, the player, um, the strength and conditioning staff, obviously takes those guys to the next level. And um, uh, we kind of hadn't been on this level in some years now in regards of uh, national championship, SEC uh, winner. Uh, it's been a while since we've been there. But throughout those years of trial and tribulation, uh, the goal was to um, overcome and get to this point. So it was a lot of groundwork that was made. Um, it was a lot of changes that needed to be made. Um uh, once Joe Brady uh, teamed up with Steve, Steve Ensminger, it created such an instant chemistry. And shouts out to Coach Ensminger being very uh, open-minded to allowing a young coach to come in and influence the team because usually situations like those don't happen often. Uh, out of ego, prideful coaches in this industry to the point to where they wouldn't allow that uh, to happen. So it was a great um, – a great uh, a great hire by Coach Ogeron, first and foremost. It was a great opportunity uh, for Stevens, Meager, and Joe Brady to create a connection and also develop something that had been special this year. And through the – it's between Justin Fields and and uh, and uh, Joe, Joe Burrow, they kind of changed the graduate transfer stereotype. And when you have right. a, a 23-year-old quarterback, it, it definitely uh, helps in a lot of areas in regards to maturity, leadership. So um, with Joe Barrow being a grad transfer, it it kind of it kind of gives you an advantage because you know you take classes online and you really just focus on football uh, the majority. So it's a good situation for him. Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting game, uh, Clemson has been dominating the ACC for some years now. And uh, the things that they were able to do uh, versus um, teams outside of their conference has been very special. I think Dabo Swan is a great coach. He's, he's He definitely maintains a culture uh, of winning, uh, yeah. a culture of success. Um, I mean, you can just see the confidence that those guys uh, play on whenever they get out on the field, man. I mean – that game last week was was crazy, man. Between Ohio State, that was a special performance uh, by Clemson, man. So I'm, I'm curious to see the battle of the Tigers, man. This would be a special one. Well, and, and I got some. So our, I, I love the idea, and I was explaining this to somebody. Like, I love comic books, bro. Graphic novels, superheroes, the whole idea behind it. And I think I'm actually going to do a little pod on it. But you know, when you talk about organizations, universities, particular players. I mean, there, there are moments there where, you know, you see heroics. And uh, I think that Joe Burrow season has been one big uh, heroic setting um, to see his transformation transformation from one year to the next. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that as far as uh, the, the maturation and development of a, of a particular quarterback. But to see – you know, what this team is, it almost looks storybook, right? Like if you had to direct a movie, that's what it would look like. And then last week, you know, with Clemson being down 16, nothing, you know, wants to know what it would look like if they were in that situation, because we never know who we are. We never know who our true character is until we face right. adversity. Right. And so to see Trevor Lawrence say, you know what, I'm going to put it on my back. And uh, they thought they knocked me out of the game, but here I am, I'm standing tall and to take off for a 60 plus yard run for a touchdown and changing the momentum and shifting just the whole energy in that building 
Um, I thought it was pretty special. And I thought that's that's what you want to see, especially out of your leader, because those guys beside him are going to rally now. Right? They're like, all right, man, we're not out of it because our big dog says we're good to go. And if he's ready to go to war, then I am too. And, you know, you see that with Joe. You see that with the way he ran out of that tunnel for his senior game or senior day. We saw it last week with Trevor. We see it with Edo. We see it with Dabble Swinney. We see this chip that these guys have and the way they continue to carry themselves and what they're building with their culture. So now we got this clash of the Titans. And, man, I don't think you can ask for a better national championship game because I truly believe that this one is I think so, special. too, man. I think this will go down in the books. I mean, it's two high-powered offenses. Uh, it's uh, it's great quarterback play. It'll be a lot of speed out there. So I, I'm, I'm, definitely excited. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see um, um, the outcome of this game. I mean, um, like I said um, – We've seen Clemson versus SEC play, so you have to understand the dynamics of their offense and defense. So uh, I think uh, Dabo Swan has created a, a great culture, like I said, of winning. I think uh, he has hired some of the best coaches in the country to support them in areas that they need success. I'm quite sure uh, um, throughout, the, throughout the years you guys have developed the resources needed properly to win at a high level because that's that's what you all have doing. And that 16, being down 16, uh, that that performance was amazing, man. Once he ran that 60 yard, I jumped out of my seat and I was amazed because you can feel the energy, you can feel the momentum that carried right after that play. I mean, Clemson started dominating Ohio State and it was such a beautiful sight to see because like you said, that was their first time being challenged at that point. And yeah. if they're in that situation in the SEC, they will definitely uh, – versus uh, uh, LSU in the national championship, they will definitely respond uh, at a high level. And yeah. um, we've also seen LSU been down versus Alabama, been down versus Auburn. And, and uh, just seeing two teams compete at that level, man, I, I think this will go down in the books. You know, and Joe Burrow's tricky. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching him and I'm trying to evaluate, you know, what his, what his weaknesses is. And his strengths are, you know. And most of the time, you get pressure on a quarterback. That's what you want to do, right? You want to challenge him. You want to say, see what he looks like uh, when he has a free edge runner coming at you or something like that. But I think that's where – he he thrives there. I think that's where Joe gets better at because he finds a way. He's so elusive in the pocket. But once he escapes, I mean, the man never really looks to run. He's always keeping his eyes downfield, which is, one, hard to coach. You know, you either have that in you or you don't. But he seems to always find the mismatches uh, in that second and third level. And that's something that, as a defender, man, playing DB, I mean, you don't want to be in coverage for four or five seconds. But I think that Joe Burrow, he does that. And he forces teams to, to be uh, disciplined. And if you're not, he'll make you pay. And so, for me, I'm like, you know, what does Brent Venables do in this situation? How do you make a guy like that be uncomfortable? And, you know, you say it with the the most non-aggressive way, but you, you almost have to knock a guy like that out of the game because, you know, it's like you, you shoot him, bro. And he's going to keep coming at you. You know, that's just one of those deals, man. Absolutely. So he definitely has a warrior mentality, man. I'm excited to see him play. He's been, you know, one of the most polarizing figures in college football for some time. And uh, he has a great story. But more than that, man, he's a great Absolutely. leader. So, he's a great leader. You know, his he, guy, uh, he, he'll go down uh, in the history for Louisiana. I mean, Billy Cannon won the Heisman yeah. in the uh, 50s or 60s, I believe. And he, had a, he has a statue in front of Tiger Stadium. So, um, I'm quite sure they'll put up a Joe Barrow statue real soon, if not uh, within the next couple of years. But um, I mean, just to meet him in person, he's a he's a he's a, he's a humbling guy. Um, he doesn't, you know, really wear that Heisman on his sleeve. He feels like um, him winning the, cha- the the national championship is kind of like the final piece or it's unfinished business. But uh, overall, he's a humbling guy. He's a great guy to be around. Um, he does maintain a a, a character that is different um, than a lot of the players on the team due to his maturity of being an older player. So it, it definitely benefits right. him in some areas. Um, to speak on his weaknesses, I'm not necessarily sure if they are either. I mean, you see him um, you see him kind of get cheap shot versus University of Georgia uh, to where they, uh, they get a rough in the passenger call. Or um, you see him uh, escape in the pocket and – kind of making a, a last-second decision versus how he did versus Georgia uh, through that 71 y- yarder to my brother, um, which was a phenomenal play. Yeah. which classified the Heisman moment. So you see him making plays in situations that 
most players can't make. Most players would possibly yeah. decide to do something different. And to speak on the sneakiness, you don't necessarily know how fast he is. In some cases, he looks like he's a four six. <laughs> and in some cases, he possibly be four seven, but he'll get around the curve on on, on uh, one of the cornerbacks, and he might look like a a, a high four five. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, his performance at the combine. It'll be interesting to see the uh, challenges, the ups and downs, the roller coaster rides that will go on during this game for both teams and how they overcome and remain resilient will be the special part that we will all be waiting to see. Absolutely, man. Well, look, Jay, I appreciate you, man. I'm so thankful for you, bro. I'm, a, I'm proud of you, man. And I'm excited to see, you know, what happens in your coaching career too. So, you know, keep striving for greatness and everything that you do. And I always try to end like this. Is it one thing that you live by that may help somebody else who's listening right now? Some sort of mantra or motto or something that keeps you going in your day-to-day? Um, that's a great question. Uh, something that keeps me going on a day-to-day. Um, I usually I usually would, let's see, I would kind of, I, I would rely off of Jeremiah 29 and 11, which is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plan to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope for the future. So I will always maintain focus on my purpose. I will always um, stay dedicated to my plan. And the main thing that I tell a lot of people always go after your happiness and find ways uh, that make you comfortable in life. Everything isn't necessarily about money. Um, If you find your happiness, you can always find your income. So uh, congratulations to you, man, on this podcast. I think doing things like this, connecting with athletes uh, that you came across throughout the past, man, it's it's such a beautiful experience to see guys able to find their passion after football because it's such a difficult thing to do uh, for a lot of us because we we haven't experienced uh, the full ethics of life as being an athlete in college, as being uh, an athlete in college, in, in high school, to be honest with you, I didn't have a real job until I was 23 years old. So it was 23 years of, you know, lessons that I necessarily didn't pick up on because I was more focused on football in some small aspects. So to carry on yeah. and to do something that, that you're, 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 you're passionate about, something that you stand on, man, we're on the TV 10 podcast, man. That's, that's an amazing feeling, man. Shout out to you, man. I'm thankful for you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Keep doing your thing. I'm always around if you need me. And uh, I make sure that I put into the description and the bio how people can get a hold of you on know, social media. So shout out to my man, JJ, for leading the way. And uh, good luck to your Tigers. I'm excited to see how my how Absolutely, my man. Good luck to your Tigers as well, man. Let's do this again soon. Uh, find another topic that you want to discuss, man. And we can... Uh, I'll definitely put some time aside and uh, reconnect with you again. So just let me know, man. I'm all, I'm here for you, man. We on the TV 10 podcast, baby. All right, Appreciate man. you, brother. All right. All right.